0: Hey, it's good to be with you again. Uh, Welcome. Uh, You you are our our church audience uh, as we do this online, and we're grateful that you're here with us. Uh, If you want to follow along, you need to go to 1 Samuel 8. In uh, 1 Samuel 8 um, has really been a a teaching section, as is all scripture, but we, uh, we have places where we uh, we do a whole lot of teaching, and I've done a whole lot of teaching uh, with churches, church planters, uh, churches that have just recently planted, uh, just even discipling people, and I want to go there today because I, I, there's something there uh, that I believe you need to hear, that you need to hear again, and we want to bless you with that. So 1 Samuel 8 is where we'll be, and I'll, I'll show you certain places Let's have a word of prayer together. Uh, Father, I I pray that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to those who are listening, watching. If you prompted me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you will remind me uh, that of anybody watching and listening, I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment, and I accept my place and rightly in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. I want to start off with a question. We'll, we'll end with it too. We'll bookend it. But it is, do we, do we try to find in others, other people, what we can only really find in God? I mean, even as a pastor, uh, there will be people who have expectations of me that only God can match. I can't match them. Uh, Does God use other people? Yeah, I just finished preaching a sermon to you last Sunday uh, where Jesus said to Simon Peter, go strengthen your brothers. And I gave you that challenge. Go strengthen your brothers and your sisters. uh, Be able to handle them. Does God use us to do that? Absolutely. Does God do it himself? Absolutely. Uh, I guess through this pandemic, one of the things that's been highlighting to me is as a pastor, I've, I've really seen a, uh, an enhanced um, movement of seeing that you know how to walk with the Lord yourself. Yes, he uses other people, but you and I have got to learn our own personal walk with Christ in this life and that he's who I go to first, not last. Remember, he's a first responder, not a last resort so uh, we we're trying to do that today i want i wanna help disciple that and challenge you in that because sometimes i i think uh, part of our mistakes and i do say that that's what they are is that i may uh, i may look at i may look in for tyra but i what i i can only find from god i may i may look at julie my wife and want from her what only God can do. And uh, sometimes we give those God expectations to people and those people can't fulfill them. Does God use us? He does use us. But we are his ambassadors. We point them to him is what we do. So I want to take the life of Samuel today and we're going to go through uh, an episode in his life. And I I think this story has a lot of, of allegory, a lot of major points to it. Uh, but I want to bring out uh, just three in this. And uh, uh, it's, it's how, how we can reject the Lord. <clears throat> so um, God is their king, right? It's called a theocracy. God is their king. And uh, the people are tired of God being their king. And so they come to Samuel. And <clears throat> Samuel is uh, appointed and anointed to uh, appoint the, the kings. So they come to Samuel and they, they say in verses four and five, the elders of Israel gathered together, went to Samuel at Ramah and they said to him, look, you're you old, your sons don't follow your ways. Give us a king, appoint a king to judge us the same as all the other nations have. So they're already turning. They don't want God to be their king. They're already looking for somebody else to fulfill what only God can do. And so the Lord, uh, uh, what did Samuel do? Samuel went to the Lord. In verse six, he said, when they said this, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand sinful, that they're looking for somebody else instead of God to be their king. And so he prayed to the Lord and the Lord responded and told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you, Samuel, they've not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. One of the first things in this story that I want to remind you of is that uh, one of the ways we reject the the Lord is that we forget what he's done for us. And right after this verse, uh, the Lord is speaking to Samuel and telling him, they've forgotten everything that I've done for them uh we just finished a series called red sea rules out of exodus 14 and uh uh, our people loved it i hope you did and uh one of the things that we find out in red sea rules is uh that everything that he was doing for them and in here uh he's reminding them of that of their time in the wilderness where he took care of them he said they they are forgetting uh, everything that I have done for them. They are absolutely forgetting it. And then not only that, he, he goes on to tell them uh, not only of what he has done as a reminder, but he warns them of the king that they're going to get. Uh, there's going to be a king that is going to take your sons and your daughters, and your sons are going to work on his farms, and they're going to be in his military. Your daughters are going to work in his bakeries and in his perfume factories. Uh, They're going going to make weapons of war. He he says the king that you want is going to come and take a 10th of your livestock, going to take a 10th of your crop for himself. Do whatever he wants to it. Give it to whomever he wants to. So the Lord is is telling Israel you're wanting a king, and you're not wanting me to be your king, but the king you're gonna have is gonna be very devastating to you, and, and and you're forgetting what I have done. You're absolutely forgetting what I have done for you. You're for, and, and we've been teaching this as discipleship, that there are times in our life, if you wanna sit by a creek bank, go do it. If you wanna get on a mountain and watch the sun rise or sit, go do it. Uh if if you want a place of solace go do it but sometime in your life maybe your day or your week you need to stop you need to turn the phone off you need to turn the media off and you need to stop and don't look forward look backward a spiritual discipline is to stop and look back and realize how faithful God has been to us um we, when we start forgetting what he's done for us, we have started moving into a track of rejecting him, of rejecting him. So the first thing these people were doing was uh, in rejecting the Lord is they were forgetting what he has done. And not only did he talk about that, he even went on and said, uh, what kind of king you're gonna have? He's just gonna take and take and take and take, whether it's children, Or whether it's your land or whether it is your livestock he's going to be able to take from you then the second thing that we do to reject the Lord is we just say no to him man I've done it I don't know about you when I was running from the ministry that's the last thing I want to do I'm just gonna tell you am I mad that I'm in the ministry I'm not I've surrendered to it but uh, my point is, I just didn't want anything to do with it. My dad was a pastor, I many of you all know that. My son Andrew's third generation pastor. Uh, I, I know that the Lord called him. I could go into that story. I know the Lord called me. Uh, so I'm not earthly dad called, I'm heavenly father called. And we had to work through all that. But uh, man, I love my father, but man, I just didn't want anything to do really with the ministry even though I was in great support of what God was doing with my dad. And I'm in great support of what God's doing with my son. And also I've surrendered to what he's doing with me. But there was a time I just said, no, if you're not careful, not not only will the Lord tell you to remember what he's done for you, but he's also gonna tell you and warn you about the future. And he did that to these people. Remember this new king, I'm gonna take your children, I'm gonna take your livestock, I'm gonna take your crops, and I'm gonna do whatever I want to with them. I'm gonna handle it in such a way. So the second thing that we do is we just end up saying no. In verse 19, it said, the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we must have a king over us. Then we'll be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us, go out before us, and we'll fight our battles. We'll say no. Again, as I told you with the beginning question, do we try to find in others what we can only find in God? And we do sometimes, let's just be honest with that. And then we're disappointed because they don't respond to us in the way that God would respond to us. And it is a challenge for us to respond to people the way God does. But sometimes uh, we just try to replace God with other people and we've got to go to Him Does he use people? Yes, he uses people. But he uses people to connect them to him. Here, we've got a group of people that's wanting to withdraw from him. They don't want him to be king. They don't want God to be king. They want another king like all the other nations. And can I tell you something? This is a challenge here. The people are saying no, which is the second way of rejection. But God's called us. He's looking for his own people. Uh, he says in scripture, we're a peculiar people, we're weird. Uh, we are a royal priesthood. We're aliens and strangers to this world. we are I may live here, have an address here, but my citizenship is in heaven and he's looking for his own people, no doubt about it. He's absolutely, and, and who are we? We are kingdom-minded people. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and then all these things will be added. Kingdom is first in our life. It's very, very important to us that we understand that kingdom is first. But I, I, don't, I don't want people who follow the Lord don't wanna be like all the other people. And I don't want your minds to race too wildly in that. Uh, because we could get into uh, stuff that you like and don't dislike that, that even may not pertain to what I'm talking about today. But my point is he wants people committed to him where he is king over their life and the kingdom is first place. He doesn't want us to be like everybody else. In the kingdom, it it moves completely different. I challenge you all the time, what is the kingdom response to what's going on in your life? Uh, Three funerals this week. Uh, A lot of things are happening around us with people getting ill and surgeries and uh, just difficulty in some families, it just seems like it they it's just stacking on top of them. And I've had to make decisions this week that, that were the right decision, they were the best decision, but decisions I did not want to make. And, and the, the truth of it is, where do I go to for that? Well, I I, I just my first response was to go to the Lord with that. Help me navigate, help me make these decisions, even if they're quick ones. Help me, help me do these that are, gonna, that are gonna bring glory and honor to you, and we have to be able to do that. So uh, we, we're kingdom-minded people, and we're not to be like the world and everybody else. We're gonna react with a kingdom response. What's first in my life, the king, the God King, and then the kingdom. So the second way we reject the Lord is we just say no to his plans, his will. Uh, We say no to the way he wants us to react. Uh, Whatever it is, we end up saying no to that and we, uh, we reject him when we do that. The third thing, the last thing, is that we end up just putting something else in his place. Uh, verse 21, Samuel listened to all the people uh, and their words, and then he repeated them to the Lord. And li- listen to me, the Lord told Samuel, appoint a king for them. Go ahead and give them. And the third way we reject the Lord is when we put something else in his place. And they did. They, they put a, a human king. They put a king like all the other nations in there. Don't forget, sometimes we try to find in others, what we only can find in God. And then Samuel's told the men of Israel, each of you go back to your own city. They just put something else in our place, uh, in in place of the Lord. You know, as a pastor, I've been a pastor 34 years. I see this happen a lot. Actually, I see all three of these happen a lot. I I see the part where uh, people, uh, they forget what the Lord's done. Uh, They think the Lord should have done this and this and this, and they forget to look back and see how faithful God has been to them. I'm gonna ask you to let that be part of your spiritual discipline, even this day. On this Lord's Day, as you're a part of this service that we're having here for you and and your safety, and we want you to be safe, we encourage you to be safe, but just go, go be alone and just stop and look back and just give thanks for what God has done. Man, this pandemic's crazy. I mean, I'm having to make decisions I've never made before. I'm having to look into things I've never had to look in before. It's changed the whole structure and the format and not the mission of our church, but it's just changed a lot of things. And in the middle of this, I look back and think of all, I look at all the things that God's brought me through, all of them. And it gives me the strength and the courage and even the excitement that he, somehow he's gonna make a way through this. So don't forget what he's done for you. Number two, uh, quit saying no to his will. Be faithful people of the kingdom. Uh, when we say no to him, we are rejecting the king and the kingdom. And uh, we're, we basically are going, I've got a better plan. There's a better plan. Uh, I once did a funeral. I hate to tell you this, but it's the truth. I, I did a funeral for a man that I, I really didn't know. They asked me to do it, I I preached Jesus. Do you know the last song they played in his honor was, I did it my way. Can you believe that? Uh, don't ever let that be said of you. Uh, when we say no to the Lord, we're basically going, your way's not good enough. Somebody else has got a better plan, a better deal, and a better way. Don't be that person. We're, the, we're a part of the kingdom kingdom first and we move on. The third way we reject him is we just go ahead and put something else in his place. Listen, there's little subtle things that you're not careful that you will replace the Lord with, and you have got to be careful. And you're going, Jeff, what early? I don't know, but the Lord's going to show you that. Uh, And just remain faithful. Nothing else has his place. Remember in the Ten Commandments, there shall be no other gods before me. Uh, Nothing else takes his place. Julie does it. My kids don't. Andrew and Laura, nobody takes his place in my life. Um, I I heard a story and the story is going to be dated. Okay. It's not it's not really gonna pertain to where we are now in 2020. So just work through that. But it's a story that I think of often in ministry and as a pastor. And uh, the story goes that uh, the dad comes in from work, and I know this gives a certain Norman Rockwell picture, comes in from work, gets in his easy chair, the news is going on the TV, and he's reading the paper. And I know a lot of people don't read the paper anymore. I know you you read it, but you read it online, on Twitter, whatever whatever way you get it, Instagram, whatever. But in this scenario, he's reading the paper, listening to the TV. His little girl is on the floor playing with a puzzle, and it's a puzzle of the world. So she's so young, she hasn't been taught geography the structure, or even the mental picture of the continents, any of that. And she's trying to put this puzzle of the world together and she can't. So she goes to her dad and asks for his help. Well, he's his ears are in tune to the news and his eyes are glued to the paper. And he goes, well, honey, you just figure it out. In other words, leave me alone and just play with your puzzle. Well, as parents, you know that when our kids are real silent, we know something's up. <laughs> And uh, so in that, uh, she's quiet, he happens to look down, and she has put all the puzzle of the world together. And uh, he goes, he was, he was mesmerized by that. How'd you know to do that? She said, well, Dad, I got to flipping the puzzle pieces. And she said, on the back was a picture of a man and she said, I just put the man together and as I was putting the man together, I realized it was a picture of Jesus. And she said, I just thought that if I put Jesus in place, then the world would come together. I just want you to know, I still believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. That's why I preach as much and as hard as I do and all the other preachers, you're going to go, what's going to bring order to this chaos? What's going to turn this around? Listen, nothing is going to turn around probably. And I don't mean that politically. I'm just being a preacher right now. Until you and I have replaced and thrown all other things and put Jesus Christ as our King and our Lord and our Savior. That little girl couldn't have preached a better sermon. When you and I put Jesus in place, then the world, is going to come together. You take that and run with it, okay? Sit, remember what he's done for you and give thanks. Quit saying no to his will. Follow it and trust it because we're kingdom people. We act differently than the rest of the world. And three, uh, don't put anything in his place. He is King Jesus. Nobody else has that spot. It is alone, there is no one like him. Uh, Amen to that. I hope I'm hearing amens on the other end. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of our church. We pray this challenges you. And as we close always, grace and peace.